Yo, what up, everybody? I'm Nick Wright. My friend Kevin Wilde is here as always. Chris Broussard is here. As you guys might notice, Jenna Wolf isn't, but we will forge ahead. Despite that, on the show today, Danny Ainge joins us. No, I'm just kidding. That's just to freak Jenna out from vacation. <laughs> Actually, on the show today, <laughs> should the Lakers be worried after another tough loss? We got legitimate IG beef in the NBA between Dame and assorted members of the disappointing Los Angeles Clippers. And Mike Vick stops by to break down Cam replacing Tom Brady. But where we start is with those aforementioned disappointing Los Angeles Clippers. While some of you were sleeping last night, the Clippers seemingly were sleeping as well. They played the shorthanded Nets. Paul George didn't play. Maybe they could have used him as the Nets jumped out to a blazing start, 21-point first-quarter lead. Kawhi Leonard was outstanding, 39 points, but struggled late as the Clippers lose, 129-120. And all of a sudden, see their lead trimmed over Denver for the two-seed to just one game. Chris Broussard, I should definitely start with you since we are talking about your beloved Los Angeles Clippers. Time for the Clippers and their growing fan base to be concerned, finally. Not at all, Nick. Stop it, please. There's an L.A. team that should be concerned, but it's not the Clippers. This is no big deal at all. Of course, yes, Brooklyn was shorthanded, too. But Patrick Beverly didn't play. Paul George didn't play. Montrez Harrell didn't play. But remember, the good news came later when Montrez Harrell tweeted, He's back in the bubble, so we should see him later in the week. Looks like we'll definitely see him come playoff time. That's the good news for the Clippers, but no, no big deal. Now, I did think once they pulled close to Indiana in the third quarter after falling behind by 21 points in the first quarter, I thought they'd go ahead and close them out. That was a little bit surprising to me, but overall, this is nothing to worry about. You mentioned the second seed with Denver They're pretty much locked into a 2-3 matchup in the second round with the Denver Nuggets. But remember, home court advantage doesn't matter. So I don't think they care whether they're two or three. And that's a big deal when you're facing Denver. Because if Denver had home court during normal times, that altitude is a factor. And then it would be something to be concerned about. But now there's really no home court advantage. So getting the second seed versus the third thing third seed is fairly irrelevant. I think the Clippers understand that. The biggest thing for the Clippers is that it looks like, it does not look like, it's a fact. They're going to go into the playoffs just like they played throughout the regular season, which is a bit disjointed. Kawhi talked about wanting to develop chemistry over those eight games. They really weren't able to do it because of the various injuries and, you know, Montrez Harrell being out of the bubble and Lou Williams Mm. being out of the bubble. So the good news for them is they played that way the entire season, so they're used to it, but they didn't get to really shore up their chemistry like they wanted to. Okay, I'm, I'm very glad you finished where you did because everything you said, and I say this with great respect and admiration, up until the very end was some of the wildest, craziest, most erroneous commentary <laughs> I've ever heard on sports television. All right, first of all, a lot of gall. It takes immense temerity to bring up how shorthanded a team was when they're playing the Nets. You know who the Nets didn't have 
Uh, Kevin Durant. You know who the Nets didn't have? Uh, Kyrie Irving. You know who the Nets didn't have? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And let's just throw in DeAndre Jordan as well. But yeah, it is true. The Clippers didn't have Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly and Be Paul George having a night off. So I guess it all evens out in the wash. That's first thing. Second thing, you, you said they might drop to the three. Uh, don't look now. They might drop to the four. They got Denver and OKC left, and it is on the board that the Los Angeles Clippers fall all the way to the four seed. Now, I'm sure that won't concern you because nothing, folks that are on the Clippers bandwagon have decided, it's a very interesting way to analyze sports, they've decided the games don't matter. All year long, they've decided the games don't matter. Games don't matter, record doesn't matter, health doesn't matter. But you know who it does matter to? Kawhi Leonard. And this is what you got right, Broussard. You alluded to a quote he had. Here's a quote from the day before the bubble started, a day before they lost in their biggest bubble game against the Lakers. We've got eight games to get ready for the playoffs. We've got to use these games to build some habits and just build some team chemistry, really, end quote. Now, for most teams in the league, they built those habits and chemistry before the stoppage, but because the Clippers' best player, you know, takes a couple days off a week, it's got a nice little schedule, it was harder for them to do that. And so I, I would think everyone would have to acknowledge if that's what Kawhi Leonard said they needed to do, they failed to do that thus far in the bubble. Now, maybe they will in the final couple games where they're now not going to be able to rest people because they're actually going to have to try. But, Wilds, I see a team that's supposed to be a great defensive team that let the Nets get up by 20, score 45 in the first. Bruce Arge, right? They tied in the second half, and then they pulled away again. So, I mean, Clippers trailed the whole game. So, Wilds, if that doesn't concern people, I, I guess nothing will until they lose early in the playoffs. So, Nick, just to have it right, you're concerned when teams don't play well in the bubble. You're concerned when teams feel a little bit patchwork. <laughs> you're concerned if teams don't shoot well in the bubble. Then you should be concerned about your Los Angeles Lakers, my friend, because while the Clippers are 3-3, three and three, the Lakers are 2-4. and four. The offensive rating is uh, worse for the Lakers. Field goal percentage is uh, worse. It's not just worse. It's the worst in the bubble in all three-point percentage. Yep is the worst in the bubble. So I don't know how you can be yep. worried about the Clippers, Thank but you. feel totally fine about LeBron and the Lakers besides the LeBron factor that can heal all ills. No, it's not the LeBron factor. I've got a question Thank to the Kevin. panel, to Wilds and sure. Broussard. What are these eight games? What did the NBA call them? Once the bubble started, what are these eight games called? Do you know? They are called seeding games. the seeding games. Seeding oh, games? there we go. The seeding games. Okay, so uh, listen, I'm not a math major. Probably could have been. I'm not, though. Uh, what's the best seed you can get? Is there a zero seed? Is there an infinity? Or is it one? Is it, was one the infinity best? Infinity seed. They go the other so way. Did the, did the Lakers clinch the one seed after starting 2-1 and one in the bubble and beating the Clippers and then beating another Western Conference foe in the Jazz. I think they did. I'll have to check my sheet. Okay. But I think they well, let's did. Let's not worry about so the Bucs So it's either. almost as if, it's almost, at, right. And by the way, okay, I'm not that concerned about the Bucs as other people. This is they sad. Are. So, Broussard. This is sad. They, what do you mean <laughs> this is sad? Broussard. You Broussard, tickle one me, team you tickle me. can <laughs> fall to the four. The other team clinched the one, beat the Clippers, and has clearly been coasting since then. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the difference there, Broussard. This is sad. 
It, it really is. You you tickled <laughs> me, Nick. I, for you to be so concerned about the Clippers, but just brush off the way the Lakers and Anthony Davis are playing, because that's your problem. Anthony Davis is struggling badly, okay? Wow. That is so ridiculous, wow. Nick. The, you better hope the Clippers don't fall to the fourth seed, because that means the Lakers will go out in the second round. Oh, they won't even is, get wow. to the conference finals, all right? See, so see, the Clippers you, are so not good. worried. They are so much deeper than the Lakers. It is ridiculous, okay? They were Their so deep last night that so they lost to the Nets because the they were missing people. Their perimeter defense Fine. was so good enjoy, last night. They let 45 in the first quarter. I'll let you celebrate that, Nick, but there is not a basketball person on earth that is concerned about the Clippers. You better believe that, except you, except you. I okay. mean, this is, there's All no right. well, reason whatsoever to worry about the Clippers. So then Wild, Wild, if Broussard is right, and he's got his fingers very firmly on the basketball pulse of America, that no one is worried <laughs> about the Clippers, then my yeah. initial hypothesis was is proven correct immediately, which is the Clippers are in this very weird spot I've never seen a team be in, which is how you play does not matter in evaluating your team. It's a brilliant place to be. I've never seen a team enter this space not being the multiple-time defending champion, not having just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer all over the roster, but we're going to treat the Clippers like the 2018 Warriors, evidently. Listen, whatever they do in the regular season is a moot point and totally irrelevant because obviously they are drastically better than everyone else. We're going to keep calling them a great defensive team in your fancy little graphic that you showed. I know she didn't have any defensive stats because they've been struggling there. And we're just going <laughs> to pr keep pretending like they are this team on paper that hasn't shown up all year. Is that what we're going to do with the Clippers Wild? Look, look, there's an element, Broussard, that I think you have to admit that we're waiting for the Clippers to flip the switch. And I, I assume, just to give Nick some credit, that the Lakers can flip the switch or that their shooting will regress to the mean and they'll start shooting well in the bubble. I'm not particularly worried about either team, but if I had to be more worried, Nick, it would be the team that is the worst. It's not like, it's not like they're struggling. The, the, they're, the Lakers are the worst. So if you're saying, I'm not worried about the Lakers at all, the Lakers can't get any worse. It's there. It's in red. I feel like you have to admit that you're a little bit worried that when the Lakers came into the bubble, if I told you before we started, I said, Nick, what would, would you feel weird if the Lakers were the worst shooting team in the bubble, worse than the Suns and worse than the Wizards, worse than the mm -hmm. Magic? And you'd be like, nope, I wouldn't be concerned at all. I feel like a week ago because, or, or whenever we started here's through, the so thing. you'd be nervous. Because I, you, you, no, I wouldn't have been because I'm consistent on this. But here's what I do know. If the Lakers had lost to the Clippers and then looked perfect the rest of the way, if they were 5-1 and one with the one loss being the Clippers, then the, the Clipper cabal would say, well, none of it matters. None of it matters. Can't beat the Clippers. Can't beat the Clippers. But because they beat the Clippers and they looked terrible against the Thunder and the Raptors, people were like, oh, the Lakers, who proved what they were over the first 60 games of the year, Unlike the Clippers, the, the, the Lakers, they're in real trouble. They're not. 
They'll be fine. They are going to be the one seed. They are going to play a team that had to fight to get into the playoffs. Clippers, meanwhile, might fall to the four line, which if I told you that before the year, no one would have believed me. But now we're just going to act like it doesn't matter. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it, Wilds, and I'm excited to see how this continues to play out. <laughs> Hey, more on the Blazers' first-round opponents after the break. Also, Mike Tyson oh. fought a shark last night on Discovery Channel, Shark Week. First things first, coming back after the break. Oh, Brewers-Cubs, Thursday night baseball. Thursday, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Nick, the fight of the weekend... It's a little precursor to Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, who decided to spar with the Shark. It's officially, unofficially being ruled a uh, three-round knockout, or a knockout in the third round by tonic immobility, which is basically like when you hypnotize a Shark, it kind of just becomes lame. What was your take on Tyson versus the Shark? My take, my take, Wilds, is you're going to owe me about $250 for one marriage counseling session. Because if my, if my wife wasn't annoyed enough with me yesterday, when I'm watching all the NBA games, the great PGA Championship, all day long, finally, we get to the night, there's only one game going, it's the Clippers game, I've got that on a screen on my phone, and she's watching something, and I say, hey, we gotta turn something on. Wilde's been talking about this Mike Tyson fight for six months. We turn it on, and it, with respect to our friends at Discovery, might be the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. My wife's angry at me. It was a waste of an hour. I blame you personally, and I'm invoicing I you. I it. I, you did not invoice me. You did me, watch it? I I did the art it. An hour long. I thought it was, it's three, it was three rounds. It doesn't need to be an hour. I'm, they're on the boat. I, thought, you know, I was like, you know, like, Bruce I, Hart, I thought right he was going to demand we lead with it. Oh, my no, God. I was going right. to. I did put it in the show. Fast break time. <laughs> Lakers lost to the Pacers on Saturday. Nick doesn't care how many games they lose. It's a, oh, it's LeBron will cure all. Anthony Davis had a monster game. Eight points, three for 14, and 0 for 4 from the three-point line. Nick's still not worried about it. TJ Warren, who Nick actually made fun of last week for being the best player in the bubble, had 39 points, couldn't be stopped. Nick, you are not worried about the Lakers. Should the rest okay, of America listen, be? I all right, I didn't make fun of T.J. Warren. I made fun of the Suns for giving him up for $1.1 million to, to clarify the record on that. Now, listen, America, I know what you are expecting me to do. After crushing the Clippers for their performance in the bubble, you're expecting me to give the Lakers a total pass. And let me, know, let me tell you something. That is exactly what I'm going to do. The, it's the seeding games. What matters is your seed and your health. The Lakers have stayed healthy. I got nervous when KCP looked like he hurt himself, but he ended up being fine. They've got the one seed. I will actually say the Pacers game, you saw some very positive signs. Quinn Cook, who hadn't played well at all and might be pressed into That's service, great. knocked down some shots. And dear God, was that LeBron James's music? Oh, LeBron showed up to the bubble. He played well. And Broussard... I don't think Anthony Davis is going to continue in the, once the playoffs begin with these single-digit point outputs. I believe the Lakers will be just fine, Broussard. Unlike Nick, I am not going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I mean, I, I'm not going to absolve one team and be worried about another. So, look, I'm not concerned about the Lakers in the first round, even though some people think oh. Portland will beat them. I'm not going there. My concern, oh, if I'm a Laker fan, is 
their ability to win a championship because this is title or bust. This isn't second round. Conference finals is nice. Even get to the finals is nice. This is championship or bust. And the Lakers have a few problems. One, they don't shoot it very well. And that is not just in the bubble. That is overall, they're 24th in the league in three-point percentage. Two, they don't defend the perimeter very well. That's a problem. And three, your second guy, Anthony Davis, is all of a sudden looking pretty poor. Now, I think he'll rebound from this, Nick. But two single-digit games in the bubble, 11 points per game over the last three games, 33% 33% field it's, goal percentage, not getting to the foul line. Like, the double team it, It's crazy. It's almost <laughs> like he was great against the Clippers when he needed to be, and then in the game to clinch the one seed against Utah and two-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, he was great. And since then, they've been in cruise control. It's almost like Wilds, once they had nothing to play for, they stopped playing. It's all. It's almost Who's like that happened. Or maybe they just all of a sudden shots on purpose. Why did they're no, doing late night shooting? The, they're concerned. Oh, believe okay. it or not, the Suns are mathematically alive. Devin Booker at 35 points. Draymond's impressed. So impressed, he wants to move him out of Phoenix. Take a listen. But get my man out of Phoenix. It's, it's not good for him. It's not good for his career. Sorry, Chuck. But uh, wow. they got to get Book out of Phoenix. I need my man to go somewhere where he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that type of player. Are you tampering? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LOL. It cost me 50 grand. Draymond doesn't care. He signed a huge contract. Bunch of emojis there. Nick, do you think this is worth it for Draymond? No, because unlike the Warriors fans on Twitter, I actually, amazingly, they have access to Twitter, but not access to anywhere else on the internet that shows you the Warriors' cap sheet and assets. <laughs> so I'm aware that their chances of getting Devin Booker are the same as the Harlem Globetrotters' chances of getting Devin Booker. Zero percent. <laughs> He's under contract there till 2024. You have no assets yes. for which to tra- with which to trade him. And he's not going to be a free agent till Steph's 36. So Warriors world and all these dopes on Twitter can get all, uh, all we're going to get Giannis and Devin Booker. Andrew Wiggins, three-way trade. This insanity. No, this is your team, Warriors. Not, not a team involving Devin Booker, a team involving a 32-year-old Steph and Clay coming off the knee and Draymond, who at this point, Broussard, to give him credit, might be a better commentator than he is offensive basketball player. So at least okay. he has that going for him. So no, like, I don't know that this was worth it for Draymond. I actually don't even think he was tampering. I think he was just taking a shot at the Phoenix Suns, saying Devin needs to get out of there, thinking he's looking out for Devin Booker. And then Ernie Johnson brings up, are you tampering? And he says, maybe. Ooh, I think Ernie's that on the was, hook for it. if anything, the tampering. But, yeah, I don't think Draymond was saying we're going to get him in Golden State. But here's the point Draymond's missing, ultimately. Things are actually looking up in Phoenix, okay? They got a nice coach in Monty Williams. They've got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kelly Oubre, who's not in the bubble. But remember how well he played this season. That's not a horrible franchise. That's a team that has a good history. Look, several years ago, people would have said that about Golden State. Steph needs to get out of there. Uh, Clay needs to get out of there. And they turned it around. I'm not predicting championships for Phoenix, but the future is bright there. Booker can stay put. 
Nick, real quick, imaginary world. Ben Simmons for Booker. Suppose Booker's like, yeah, I want out, and Ben's like, I need my own team. Would you make that trade? Oh, if I'm Philly, I make it immediately because that fits so much better with Embiid. If I'm if I'm the Suns, you're going to all of a sudden have the same problem with Aiton that Simmons had with Embiid. Right. I don't think the Suns do that. Okay. Try uh, moving Even on. Oh, boy. This, this was not good. <laughs> this was a weird thing in the basketball gods. Dane misses a free throw. It never happens. It was Dane Tucker. Like, ah, oh, you missed a free throw. You guys didn't do anything. I love you, Patrick Beverly. Don't mock a guy for missing a free throw. Yeah, right, Dame time. Dame's like, oh, geez, what's going on here? I can't believe it. Can't believe I missed a free throw. I'm the most clutch player in the NBA. Ah. So then Dame gets back in the uh, interview post game. He says, listen, I sent Patrick Beverly home before. And Paul George, I sent him home last year. Go look it up on Getty Images. Shot it right in his eyeball. Then Pat Beverly says, Cancun on three, which I doubt he'd even go to because of, you know, social distancing and everything. Then Paul George takes a break from fishing and said, "Ah, you're getting sent home this year, buddy. See you later. Dame said, okay, Paul George, sure. You keep switching teams, running from the grind. You guys are chumps. All right. Uh, Nick, who won this IG beef? Dame, especially because Paul George's final rebuttal was so weak. Listen. Dame had been 12 of 13 in his career on free throws in that situation. The fact that he missed two was shocking. It was maybe the most stunning moment of the bubble. More stunning than Devin Booker's game winner over the unbeatable Clippers and some of the TJ Warren's emergence. It was, I couldn't believe it. But Dame is absolutely right. And Broussard, he also is right that... In the last 20-some years, we've only had two playoff series end on a game-winning buzzer beater to end the series. Both were done by Dame to Beverly seven years ago and to Paul George last year. So, yeah, I understand. I mean, Dame's got the ammo, and I I think Dame won the IG beef as well. Nick is finally making some sense. I agree with him. Dame Dollar. And Paul and Pat better hope he's not in the lab right yes. now. Looking oh, up yeah. He's a diss track, track coming. Him. Right? I mean, but here's the thing. And Bruce, I, I'm Bruce a Pat Bev fan. All right? I love Patrick Beverly. But it's hard for a role player to go on social media and try to diss a bona fide star. He can do it on the court. You can talk trash because it's mano mano. But off the court, I, I don't know because... You know, Dane could go at him if he wanted to, like take your eight points and go sit down or something like that. Eight points a game. But and then Paul George, Dane pulled the ultimate Trump card, where he, he look, he does have the moral high ground and say, look, I'm 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 going through the grind. I'm building a team right where I'm at. You, Paul George, are hopping around, hopping around, ring chasing. So I think Dane definitely won this. And then Paul kind of tried to blame stuff on his injuries and surgeries and all that too so he got into his feelings a little too much on that you know i think doc rivers the clippers need to lose that game a little bit harder uh damien wild scored 51 points they're just a half game back nick still had them at zero percent making it i'm watching portland games deep into the night because in in ordering portland gear off uh off of fanatics.com dame looked great are you uh are you worried at all about your lakers now nick no, L- listen, credit to Dame. He responded to to losing the game the way they did against the Clippers with a absolute majestic performance, 18 in the fourth quarter, brought him back. 
But the reason no one should be worried about Portland, the reason I'm still not convinced Portland's making the playoffs is the hell were the Blazers down five with what five to go against a team that didn't have Simmons and lost Embiid early. It should, Broussard, it never should have taken 51 from Dame to eke out a win over what was left of the Sixers this weekend. I would agree with you there. And, and I think Dame, look, he took 28 shots. Uh, I think he wanted to come out and, and put those two free throws from the other game against the Clippers behind him. And that may have gotten him a little bit out of their, their normal rhythm. But uh, they got the win. They're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to push the Lakers, although they I don't know beat. about that. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, guys. Come on, Eddie. Come okay. On. Hey, Melo we'll moved see. up to 15th all time. Look at this baseball this weekend. We've got home runs going off gloves. We've got bad tarps, and we got a fight. All that and more. First things first. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Upcoming MVP Cam Newton had his first press conference with the Patriots. He looked fantastic, of course, had a number of bracelets on. Maybe go to the bracelet site that he puts on Instagram and look at buying some. That's not a lie. It's 100% true. Take a listen. I'm still you constantly, you know, I want to say disbelief at this particular point in time, man, but it's just a surreal moment. Guys, nobody really knows, you know, how excited I am, you know, just to be a part of this this organization in, in many ways than one. Uh, just following up such a, 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 a powerful dynasty with, with, with that is enriched in so much prestige, lineage of success that, you know, for me, a lot of people would, would, would hide from the notion to do certain things. But for me, man, I, I think this opportunity is, is, is something that I wake up pinching myself each and every day, and it's so surreal. I just find myself putting on, you know, shirts that's like, oh, my God. I don't know when that moment is going to be, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do while I'm a member of the Patriots so that, you know, soon as later it, it will click that, that uh, this is the norm. Fantastic. So this is why I think Cam is uniquely positioned to fill this role. Because the, the, what's the cliche? You don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. Uh, I'm going to add an addendum to that. Unless you've always believed in your core, you actually are the guy. 
And Cam, people talk about Cam's ego and bravado being a negative. In this very specific instance, Mike, I think it prepares him better than nearly anyone else in the league to step, step into the void that Tom Brady has left because even though Cam knows he hasn't won six Super Bowls, he knows he's not Tom Brady, Cam, at his core, I would bet, believes he's as talented as any quarterback to ever oh, yeah. play and, and believes that he is going to be able to achieve at his MVP level once again. So, Mike, I, I, he's saying all the right things, but I actually think the way Cam carries himself is going to be a benefit in the weight of replacing Tom Brady, not weighing him down, Mike. Yeah, and when, and when you look at that video and you look at Cam smiling, that, that's a smile of, of confidence. That's Cam knowing deep down, you know, in his heart of hearts that he can bring something to the table for the New England Patriots. And, you know, nobody's expecting Cam to go out and win the Super Bowl this year. We know what happened with the New England Patriots over the last two to three weeks with you know, Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower opting out and other guys who's going to limit their abilities to win football games. But nevertheless, he still steps in front of the camera on Zoom or whatever it was. And, you know, I'm going to be, you know, the best version of myself. You know, I'm ecstatic to be in a New England Patriots uniform. You know, that smile reminded me of how, the way I was smiling when I did my press conference for the first time with the Philadelphia Eagles, knowing that I was stepping in after Donovan McNabb, big shoes to fill, but I accepted the challenge, and Cam looked like he's all, all for it. And, you know, the thing is, nobody gives Cam credit for stepping up in a major way and becoming a New England Patriot, you know, successor over, you know, under Tom Brady, you know, and putting himself in a position where, you know, he knows what's at stake. He knows that, you know, this year it's a lot of pressure on him. All eyes is going to be on him, and this is an opportunity for him to showcase his talents you know, for 31 teams across the National Football League and better yet, the New England Patriots. So Cam is sitting in a very vulnerable position, but I think it's a position that he's accepting. And uh, it's great to see him smiling and confident that he's going to make this right. Mike, I liked 99% of what you said there, except this 1% when you said no one thinks the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl because of the defections uh, or the opting out. <laughs> what do you think their ceiling is? Because I do think that we're right in the mix. I would just assume there's Belichick magic. Nick, I don't know if you've upgraded or, or uh, revised your laminated schedule, but, Mike, what do you think the Patriots' ceiling is right now? I mean, I think the ceiling is, is somewhat high because of the division that they're in. And, like, we, we talked about this two weeks ago, how Buffalo – um, will be the team to beat in this division. They're getting stronger, they're getting better. Their culture is totally different over there. So, you know, you can't expect the Buffalo Bills to look the same as they looked last year. I expect them to be better. Um, but it's all about jailing. It's all about continuity for the New England Patriots. And, yes, you know, this team can win football games, but I think ultimately it'll be up to the coaches um, to make sure that they put the players in position to win football games. They don't have to reinvent the wheel, go outside of the norm, or do anything different. You know, use the talent that you have, use it effectively, and we'll see what happens. Mike, real quick, you said something really interesting, which I think, I, at least for me, and I think some of the audience, they forget that there wasn't a gap year between Donovan and you in Philly. It was, it, it, right. you were there as a backup Donovan's last year, and then a few games into the his first season gone, you take over the starting job. 
And you, and I say this respectfully, carried yourself a lot like the way I'm talking about Cam, which is, I know how good I am. Like, I've always known how good I am. I can be humble, but I know internally. So when, did you feel added pressure? Did you feel more excitement about the moment and the opportunity? At that point, after playing, you know, seven years before that and, you know, walking into a different locker room, different teammates, um, you know, it wasn't the Atlanta Falcons. It was the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a sense of excitement. Um, and I know all eyes were on me. I know it was a lot of pressure that was mounting. I knew I had one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game coaching me. And that gave me a sense of confidence. I think what, what Cam has now is the excitement you know, of showing everybody that, one, I still can play. You know, two, I'm still Superman. And three, I can step there into another franchise and win football games. And this is all on this plate. This is all right there in front of them. And when you got the ball in your hands at the quarterback position and you dictate how the game go, um, you know, it, it's just so much easier for you to bring the rest of the guys along with you um, because you know, you know you're prepared, you know, I'm ready. You know, I believe in the guys around me, and more importantly, I believe in what we're about to go out and try to execute versus the opposition. So it was more excitement than anything, and I think that's what Cam is putting on display. Well, 14 and 2, you heard it. Hey, uh, Luca had a great <laughs> assist that set the internet on fire, even though James Harden does it every other game. More first things first after the break. Stories to start the morning, 8 p.m. Broussard. This will be the game of the bubble. I know we've talked a lot about, ah, this is just a chemistry game, and ah, we're just trying to stay healthy. This is a blood feud, T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler. What do you expect tonight? I tell you what, I cannot wait to see this. Jimmy Butler is one of the toughest guys in the league, pound for pound. He's out for blood, oh, as you saw from that quote. But how can you bet against T.J. Warren at this point? 35 points per game in the bubble, 55, 56% from three-point range in the bubble. The big question is this. Is this is Warren becoming a star, or is this just a hot streak? I think tonight will say something about that. Ooh, and tonight, it wilds is an oddly important game. You might say, well, they're the 4-5 with no home court. What does 4-5 matter? One, we hopefully will get this for seven games in round one. But one of these teams, the loser of tonight's game, could drop to the sixth line and have to face Boston. Oh, so this time. is a very important game for both teams. And Broussard alluded to it, Wilds. We've heard of guys going 50, 40, 90. In the bubble, T.J. Warren's averaging 35 a game on 60, 55, 90. He has been the... <laughs> I'm the personification of the NBA Jam on fire icon, the entire bubble. We'll see if he continues it tonight, Wilds. Broussard, are you ready to the call him a star a if he goes crazy play. tonight? No, no. I'm just, no. You can't give a guy star status after six games. Now, he's a legitimate scorer. He's averaged over 18 points his last three seasons. However... You know, he, I would not give him star status after six games. But and, if he plays well the tonight record. against Butler, that says something. There's only one way to become a star in this league. Be voted into the All-Star game. Broussard's explained it. It's why Demonis Sabonis is a star. He's explained it to us I many times. The Pacers are doing this without the game, their star. Nick. I didn't name hey, the Hey, uh, future eight seed Damian Lillard torched the uh, Sixers, even though they didn't have Embiid or Simmons. It doesn't matter. We're not counting that.
Uh, race for the eight. Blazers are a half game back. Spurs and the Suns somehow are alive, even though Draymond doesn't want them on that team. Broussard, who do you have eventually getting the eight spot? I've got Portland. I think Nick is is graduating from you. the Lavar Le School of Lavar Ball School of Metaphysics or something. He's trying to speak everything into existence, saying the Blazers aren't getting it. They're getting it, and they're facing the Lakers, Nick. Face it. They got the easier schedule. I know schedules are a bit hard because you don't know how teams are going to play these last two games. But the Blazers do have the lightest schedule. They got the tiebreak over San Antonio. And uh, they're just Memphis. Memphis, don't don't be fooled by that win. Okay. Memphis is still in free Okay, L listen, I, I love Broussard's bubble analysis, which is ignore the games if they don't go the way you want it. Don't be fooled by a win. Don't worry about a loss. It, it's delightful. But uh, so listen, I, I love for Portland to get the eight seed. Nothing will get LeBron on track better than the Blazers defense. Unfortunately, they won't. You said we don't know how t t these games are going to go. Who's going to rest who? I write this in stone. The final game of the Grizzlies season. You know who they play? Milwaukee. Not only does yeah. Milwaukee have the one seed locked up, where did Taylor Jenkins come from? Milwaukee. Who's he been with for the last six years prior to this one? Mike Budenholzer. If you don't think Budenholzer is resting everyone to help Memphis hold on to that eight seed, Taylor Jenkins is the coach of Memphis. They're going to hold on to the eight. Portland's, I, I do believe Portland will stave off Phoenix and end up the nine seed, and then we'll get Portland, Memphis in the play-in, and Memphis will win one of those two games, and Memphis will be the eight seed Wilds, as I've been saying all along. Just how much of that do I need to write in stone? It was just a tremendous, it's a huge stone. <laughs> just Budenholzer right resting everyone that's very lightly. It's just a huge. Very lightly. Oh. Nick's, Nick's, uh, Nick's adopted place. son, which he will take every opportunity to remind you that he said should go first. And he's on Twitter this weekend saying, I told you, look up this freezing cold takes. I got yeah. this one right. He had a huge game, 19 yeah. assists, including one between the legs that set everybody uh, you know, on fire. Giannis says he's one of the most talented guys I've ever played against. Nick, what was your take on Luka this weekend or overall? Listen, I said this two months into his NBA career, and folks thought I was kidding. His ceiling is one of the 10 greatest players ever. Oh, boy. And you are seeing it night in, night out. His rookie year, if he never improved from his rookie year of 21, 8, and 6, he's a Hall of Famer. This year, he's given you 29, 9, and 9. Broussard said on the radio, and I gave him a hard time about it, that it's the greatest 20-year-old season we've ever seen. And the only reason I gave him a hard time about it was we were arguing about which of LeBron's season counts as his 20-year-old season, year two or year three. It, what we are seeing from Luka is a guy who was playing in the second best basketball league in the world at age 16, a guy who can do everything at an A- minus or above level on the offensive end. And you set Broussard, if you were to set his career MVPs, and, and there's nothing I said two months into his career, at one and a half, you would have to hammer the over, and his ceiling is right alongside somewhere Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant, 
Oscar Robertson oh, in that God. six Cancel to ten range of the greatest <laughs> players of all time, Bruce. <laughs> That's, a ceiling. That That's a ceiling. That's a ceiling. It sounds crazy. But Luca is the truth. That's why I call him Luca Legend off Larry Legend. He is a new age turbo version of Larry Bird. Their game's a little different. Turbo. But passer, big guy, can shoot it, can yep. do everything on the floor offensively, makes his teammates better. And I said, like Nick said, I said, this is the best 20-year-old season we've seen. Now, if you want to say LeBron's third year was his 20-year-old season, which is, you know, you can argue that, then, yeah, I give LeBron the edge in his third year, averaged 31 points, got Cleveland to the playoffs, second in the MVP race to Steve Nash that year. But if it's LeBron's second year, then I stick with Luka as the best 20-year-old season we've ever seen. Magic, of course, won the finals with that brilliant performance in game six as a 20-year-old. Kareem was the he best was player that year. But Kareem was MVP of the league that yep. year, best player. And so Luka had yep. a better season. But I love that he makes his teammates better. You saw that from the 19 assists. Guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber are looking good. And yeah, and Christoph Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. were not this good with New York. And that is because of Luka Doncic. This dude is awesome. He's just what the doctor ordered for the NBA. Wilds. Okay. And Wilds, let me say first? one more thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Let me just say no. one more thing, Wilds. The, 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 for our generation, what Sam Bowie means, that's unfortunately what Marvin Bagley's going to mean for the millennials and zennials. Ouch. People are, mm -hmm. he, no matter what his career is, he's going to be the guy who went second when an all-time legendary player went third. You, why are you wincing, Wilds? What's wrong? Because you're going what, crazy. What, what, you're going crazy today. Truth. You talked He's about truth. You, you, I don't know why. I, I tried to men in black myself because you mentioned he, that Luca might be better than Kobe Bryant. And now you're talking no, about Michael Jordan. No, I said he's in that tier. That's the potential. We're not saying he's there yet, obviously. But that's the potential. Oh my God! He's legit. Yeah, I mean, but he's they, legit. He listen. Okay. All right. This yeah, is he's, he's, like, he's, 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 he's a generational player. It's gonna be. Right. It's you gonna can, be a kid from Slovenia. Are they gonna get Slovenia out of the first round? And a no. What? Well, if they okay, it, it depends on if they get lucky and get the Clippers. Maybe they listen. I I think the Nuggets could give them trouble, but if they get the Clippers, they got a real shot getting out of the first round. And the and we're saying all this even though the whole world. Flipped out over Luca's pass that is a James Harden staple, and everyone acts like Harden doesn't do it. Rockets fans always think they're persecuted, Wilds. It's because things like this. People are like, oh, Luke invented a move that Harden's been doing for five years. I agree. You got a point there, Rockets. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow when Nick will make uh, new analogies of how good Luca will be. Maybe other sports, as good as uh, Patrick Mahomes if he played football.